November 9th, 2023. We're in Masechet six lines from the top of the Amud, the second word on the line. Ela toleda de bor kebor, papa a toleda de mav'e. The context of this Gemara is the first words in the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, Arba'a avot nezikin. There are four primary categories of damages. The Gemara in turn realized that if there are avot, if there are primary categories, that means there are toledot, there are subcategories as well. Gemara in turn wondered, Toldotein kayosebahen, olav kayosebahen. Are those subcategories similar or identical in terms of liability, responsibility to the categories, the avot and the toledot, or not? Rapapa's statement at the top of the bet amud bet is that sometimes the avot are identical to the toledot, while other times the toledot are different. What the Gemara has been doing over the course of the next many lines is determining, number one, what are the toledot of each of these avot, and number two, whether in turn we can make the statement that the toledot are similar or dissimilar to the avot. What has been happening time and again is that the Gemara notices that it's hard to distinguish in any way and to say that the toledot are different than the avot with regards to responsibility and liability. And as a result, when it dealt with shor, it broke it into three, keren, shen, and regel, and stated that there's no reason to distinguish between the toledot, the subcategories, and the avot, those major categories. The Gemara then said, well, maybe what Rav Papa, when he said sometimes the toledot are not like the avot, was referring to was bor, the Gemara, in turn, that's what we learned a little bit yesterday, said it can't be so. Once it determined what the toledot of bor were, it said there's no reason to distinguish between the subcategory and the category. They'd all have the same responsibility and liability. For that reason, at this point, says the Gemara, we'll move on to the next of the avot. Again, shor, the toleda, is identical to the av. Bor, the subcategory, is identical to its Major category as well. Chika Amarav Papa, what was Rav Papa perhaps then referring to? Atoleda de Mav'eh, the third of those avot, of those major categories in our Mishnah. Well, first things first, we need to determine what is Mav'eh. Second, well, once we know what Mav'eh is, we have to determine what the Toleda is. Third, once we determine what that Toleda subcategory of Mav'eh is, we need to decide whether there's any reason to distinguish, to differentiate between the toleda, the subcategory, the toleda of mav'eh, and the av, the major category of mav'eh. Says the Gemara, now seven lines from the top, Mainihu. What is a mav'eh? Again, we knew what shor was, we broke it into three. We knew what bor was, and we broke it down, it's toleda. Well, what's mav'eh? The Gemara now refers to the opinions we'll see later on, but it tells us them already. So the Gemara presents the opinions of Shemuel and Rav, those two Emoraim who debate, they have two opinions with regards to the definition of Mav'eh. So first things first, says the Gemara, Ili Shmuel, according to the opinion of Shmuel, De'aman Mav'eh Zoshen, according to Shemuel, Mav'eh equals Shen. Well, we know what Shen is already, we've talked about Shen. Shen is when an animal or a property gets benefit 
in the act of damaging, like from eating from the ground, or the toleda we said is scratching itself against the wall or something of that sort, or being mitanef perot, it's uh, dirtying the fruits in order to derive benefit. Well, says the Gemara, if that's the definition of mav'eh, Ha'ukimna, didn't we already establish toleda deshen keshen? Uh, those two toledot that I just mentioned, the uh, scratching against a wall, or alternatively, dirtying the fruits in order to clean itself or to get some sort of benefit. The Gemara said those are identical to the concept, to the primary category of shin. There was no reason to distinguish between the av of shin and the toleda of shin. We did that already. We talked about that on daf bet amud bet. So it means very clearly that's not what Rav Papa was referring to when he says some of the toledot are not kayotse bahen of the avot. What about the other opinion? We said there are two opinions with regards to defining mav'eh. Ile rav, and if we're going to follow the opinion of rav, the amar mav'eh ze adam, oh, according to rav, mav'eh, the definition is not shen, as Shemuel said, it's rather adam. What does adam mean? It means if a human being damages property of another. If I uh, smash uh, one of your uh, utensils, or if I uh, break your car, or if I uh, throw something at your window and break it, that's Adam. So according to Rav, that Mav'eh is the definition of, or Adam is the definition of Mav'eh, first things first, what's the Av and what's the Toleda? Once we determine that, we could decide whether the Toleda would have any reason to be different than the Av in terms of liability. My avotu, my toledot, itbe, itbe, yeshbo. What are the avot, the primary categories of Adam Hamazik, a person who damages the property of another? And what are the toledot, the subcategories of such a situation? Says the Gemara Vechitema, perhaps you'll say, Avneor Toledayash Yashen. Maybe the Av, the primary category of Mav'eh, being defined as Adam, as a human being who damages, is when he's awake. Ne'on means when you're awake. And maybe the Toleda is when the human being is sleeping. Just in terms of defining Av and Toleda would be awake or sleeping. And the Gemara says you can't distinguish if that's the case. Not per se that there's one's the Av and the other's a Toleda or they're both Avot. I'm not certain, so explains Tosafot, which one's which. But ultimately speaking, what I do know is they're identical in terms of liability. How are you so certain about that? Vahatenan, doesn't the Mishnah say later on on Dafkavav, Adamu Adle Olam? A person is entirely liable, paying the full amount. Ben Eir, Ben Yashin, whether they're awake or sleeping, which means to say, ultimately speaking, you can't and shouldn't distinguish, differentiate between the Av and Toledav, Adam, and as a result, it can't be that Rav was referring to Adam, excuse me, Rav Papa was referring to Adam when he says, some Toledot or Lav Kayosebahim. So maybe instead we can suggest the Toledav Adam is something different. Ela akiho vinio. Maybe it's a reference instead. Rashi explains kiho vinio as a mucus and phlegm, or alternatively, Tosafot suggests that kiho is a reference to saliva and nio is a reference to phlegm. Either way you go, what we're referring to is some sort of bodily fluid which damages. Adam Hamazik, a person who damages the Av would be, they use their hand, they use their leg. Uh, what would the Toleda be? That they use some sort of bodily fluid. Hechitame, let's first determine what's the case. Once we determine how they damaged in such a fashion using the bodily fluids, we can in turn decide whether the to- that Toleda, 
that side that uh, subcategory or derivative of the av of adam hamazik of mavareh is kayotze bahen or not perhaps the case that we're referring to when we say all the bodily fluids which damage is at the time that it's going in other words flying from your body damages another well says the Gemara if that's the case you can't even refer to that per se as a toleda, kohohava. That's exactly your energy. That's your strength. We look at that as an extension of you. There's no reason to distinguish between your arm, leg, or any other part of your body and the fluids that come from your body. That's koho. That's your energy. That you would not say is in any way different than Adam Hamazik with his body. Maybe instead we can suggest again, according to Rav, is Adam. And Adam, the Av of Adam, would be harming, damaging with their body. The Toleda would be with Kihovini, all with bodily fluids. And it doesn't mean that you spit it or you shot it out of your nose and it damaged while in flight, but rather it fell and then someone uh, slipped on it or something uh, got ruined by touching it. Ben Rav Ben Shemuel Hainubor, when it comes down to something that's left, we mentioned this earlier and we said we'll come back to it later in our Masechet, when something is left out and it belongs to you, you were never you never deemed it ownerless, you were not mafkir it, and it in turn damages, the example we had earlier was uh, Masao Sakino the Avno, if a person left, uh, the example we gave your suitcase in the... Uh, in the airport, but you say, I'm not interested in this suitcase any longer. You were mafkirit, you left it out over there, deemed it ownerless, everyone agrees, whether it's the opinion of Rav and Shemuel, which we'll learn later on, who have a, a dispute, but not about that type of case. When you deem it ownerless, everyone agrees an ownerless item in a public area is considered bor. Oh, that being the case, the Gemara says, I can't find an av and toleda of uh, Adam Hamazik, which would be in any way different than anything we knew already. Because if I'm to argue that the Toleda of Adam is when he's sleeping, Adam Olam ben Er ben Yashin, it's whether he's awake or sleeping, it's the same halacha. If I'm alternatively going to suggest it's the bodily fluids, well, if it's on the fly they damage, that's kohot. That's exactly the action of the person. It's an extension of their body. If alternatively it's when it landed, well, then that's bor. And the halakha we know already from the first words of our Gemara today and what we learned yesterday is that bor toldotehen kayotze bahen. Therefore, says the Gemara, ela toleda de mav'eh ke mav'eh. Whether mav'eh is shen or adam, Rav and Shemuel's opinions, and we can now definitively say that the toleda of mav'eh is identical to the av of mav'eh. So then what was Rav Papa talking about when he said sometimes the Toleda is Lav Kayotze Bayan? Sometimes the subcategory isn't the same as the major category. Well, we only have one more of the Avot to deal with. It must have been that Rav Papa's statement was referring to the Toleda, the subcategory of Ish, a fire. Okay, 
That's the last of our categories, says the Gemara. Let's deal with it. Toledad de Esh, Mainihu. What is the Toledad Esh? I understand the Av is a case in the Torah where fire burns. Fire burns and damages. What would be the subcategory? What would be the derivative, which is not exactly that case? Ilema, perhaps you'll suggest it's Avno Sakino Masa Oshihni Han Berosh Gago. Maybe it's you left a damaging item, uh, your rock or your knife or your uh, burden of some sort or your bundle of some sort at the top of your roof, and they in turn fell with a common wind. If they fell with what's called a some sort of heavy gust, a hurricane of some sort, in that situation you're considered honest, you're considered it's out of your control, you couldn't have expected it, you're not liable at all. What about if they fell with a wind that's a common normal wind? You left them up there, and then they fell down. Well, maybe that's the Toleda of Ish. After all, the defining characteristic of Ish, as we mentioned at some point already, is that there's There's another force which is powering it. What is that? That's the air. The air is carrying the fire, which in turn is lighting something on fire and ruining it or damaging it. As says the Gemara, in this situation, while well, I got a similar circumstance, I'm dealing not with fire per se, but I'm dealing with something which I left at the top of my roof. It fell with what's called a ruach metsuya, common wind, and it damaged. Hechidame, says the Gemara, okay, that might be my toleda. Let me break down the way in which it damaged. Hechidame means what's the case, what are the specifics. Maybe it's while it's going down, while the stone, the knife, or the package are falling. That's when they damaged. That's exactly the av of ish. The fact that the Torah talks about fire doesn't mean it needs to be fire in terms of its chemical uh, composition. It means that it's something carried by wind, which in turn damages something else. Well, this is identical to that. There's no distinguishing feature with regards to these items which are left at the top of your roof and the wind carries them and they in turn burn something and damage it and fire. They are which means to say there's some other force included mixed into them. That would be the wind. And mamuncha, they belong to you, the fire or any of these uh, items. And shmiratu alecha, and it's your responsibility to safeguard it. There's no reason in turn to distinguish, to say that the toleda of ish is different than the av of ish. Ela toleda de ish ke ish. Okay, well, that being the case, we've exhausted the whole list. How do we explain the statement of Rav Papa, the mysterious statement, at the top of Dav Bet Amud Bet, that sometimes we've gone through all the Avot, we've established systematically that the Toleda is in no way possible, from a logical standpoint, to be different than the Av with regards to responsibility. It shares the characteristics in a full sense. Well, then what was he referring to? The Chika Marav Papa... When Rav Papa made his statement that sometimes todoten lav bahen, he perhaps and definitively the Gemara actually will suggest was referring to a toleda de regel. He was dealing with the toleda of regel. Well, really? Says the Gemara, regel? We know regel. We dealt with regel. Ha'ukimna toleda de regel ke regel. We dealt with regel. 
which is a circumstance where the animal is trampling. We called it uh, um, a, a normal hezekomatsui. It's typical to damage in such a fashion. And as a result, you have full liability. We went through some of the toledot, and we established that toledav regel is kayotzebo. There's no reason to distinguish. So what are you referring to? How could we turn back the clock on this and say, actually, by regel, sometimes the toleda is not like regel. In what case? Answers the Gemara... Um, so as the Gemara, it's perhaps dealing with Toledav Regal when we are in a situation of Hatsi Nezek Serorot. Serorot literally means pebbles. Hatsi Nezek, of course, means half um, responsibility with regards to paying for damages. Um, like, that's just defining the words at this point. So Hatzinezik means paying half for serorot. Serorot are pebbles. We don't know what that means yet. Because there's a halakha le Moshe misinai. Or what those words mean. Hilcheta means halakha. Gemirela means we learn. Which means to say we have a long-standing tradition all the way back to Moshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai that the halakha with regards to serorot, pebbles of regulus hatzinezik. Before we understand the specifics, let's already just pause and reflect. We know that keren, goring, is the one and only situation where the Torah says that you'll sometimes not pay full amount, right? The first three times is what's called a short time, and it pays only half. That's called hatzinezik. Regel, there's no such thing. Shen, there's no such thing. Bor, always hayav to pay entirely from the beginning. We already understand the lav kayosebahin without understanding the case of regel of serorot. If this is for some reason a derivative, a subcategory of regel, well, it means that regel itself pays full amount for whatever it damaged, but serorot pays half amount. Why would that be so? The Gemara already told us as well. It's hilcheta gimirela. It's halachal Moshe misinai. We don't have a logical way of explaining this one per se. We have a tradition that that's the way this works. What is the case exactly? Take a look at Rashi at the left hand side. Behatzinezek serorot. Shehayeta mehalechet. The animal was walking. That's hezeko matsui. Normal, regular, typical activity. Vehitiza serorot beragleha. And it uh, flung or it uh, sprang forth pebbles from its feet. So in the regular act of walking, a pebble flew up. And the pebble in turn destroyed or, or broke uh, utensils. In such a case, we have as a halakha, the hilcheta gemirela, as a halakha le Moshe Misinai, de mamonahu velokenas. First and foremost, the halakha with regards to this is it's not a kenas. When we deal with keren, the half nezik, the half payment with regards to goring, that's what's considered a kenas. That's a penalty. Um, there are ramifications of penalties. For example, if you walk into betin and you admit to it before being found guilty in court, you can exonerate yourself. The halakha is modebiknas patu. If a person admits to a penalty, they're exempt. Over here, there's no such thing. This is not considered a kinas. Even though you're only paying half and not full amount, it's considered mamon. It's considered paying uh, for, for what you damaged, not per se a, uh, a penalty. Says Rashi, even though generally speaking, whenever we talk about half a damage, 
uh, in terms of payment, it's considered a kenas that he's referring to Keren, as he tells us, as the Gemara will tell us in a little bit on Daf Tetvav. This of Serorot, hi means this, Palga means half, Nezek is considered Mamona. It's considered Mamona, not Kenas. It's not penalty, it's rather a financial obligation. Vehilkach, and therefore, Lav Tolada de Kerenhu. That makes it clear to us that this isn't a derivative, a subcategory of Keren. In Keren, it would be Kenas. In Regel, it's Mamon. After all, this is coming about through walking. It's It's from the power and the strength of walking that these pebbles are being flung, and therefore it's not entirely regel, because regel, generally, 99% of the time, pays full amount in terms of what was damaged, and as a result, we have then solved the mystery. We've cracked the case. The halakha with regards to avot and toledot of nizikin is 99% of the time when we're dealing with the avot, with regards to Kerin, with regards to Shin, with regards to most of the Toledot of Regil, with regards to Bor, with regards to Mav'il, with regards to Hev'ir, Ish, all those cases we've dealt with, all of their derivatives of their subcategories are all Kayoseba, and except for one. What's that? Hatzinezek Serorot. When, when an animal flings by walking pebbles and that damages something else, such a circumstance, there's a half payment. It's not, based on this tradition, considered a kenas, a penalty. So it means it's not a derivative, it's not a subcategory of keren. It's considered mamon. If you try to admit to it, it won't help you. And nonetheless, in not paying the full amount, but rather half, we found a case where the toleda of one of the avot, of, of Regel, is Lav Kayosebahen. Says the Gemara, lastly, in concluding the statement, In what way is it at all similar to Regel? You told me it's half, I understand it's Mamon, but is it really Regel? Answers the Gemara, Leshalem min ha'aliyah. It shares, it's, even though it is different, it does share the liability, the way in which you would pay for damage from regel in the respect that it pays minha aliyah. If you recall, the conclusion of our Mishnah said that you pay minha aliyah, which meant that if you're going to pay with property, with land, you pay from the highest quality of your land. The hachamim broke up land into three different categories, the highest, the middle, and the bottom. With regards to damages, you pay from the highest quality. Now, when it comes to kerin, which is called uh, shor, hamazik, by goring, the halakha, as we mentioned already, is a funny halakha derived from Pesukim in the Torah. The way that the owner of that animal pays is migufos, from the body of the animal. So, for example, if the animal is worth $100 and it does $1,000 of damage, it won't pay more than $100. Irrespective of the discrepancy, the halakha with regards to goring is that it only pays mi gufo, nothing more than the value of the animal. 
Over here, by regel, the halacha will be unlike keren. It'll have the halacha like regel. You pay min ha'aliyah. You pay from an external source, not from the body of the animal, which means you evaluate and you determine, but rather from your property. And as a result, you'll pay the full amount. That's what Rashi explains for us on the left-hand side. Leshalem min ha'aliyah explains Rashi, shim hezika yoter mimashi hishava. If it damaged more than its value, mishalem ha'ezik mibeto, you pay the amount of damage from your property. Mi beto, ki regel, just like regel. Dichtiv ba beregel. How do we derive this? Because the pasuk says, by regel, metav sadehu. You pay from the highest quality of your land. But it's unlike keren, because by keren, when it gores, it pays from its value and nothing more. Because as the Pasuk says, you sell the animal and then you pay half of the amount of damage. Okay, that's what the Gemara then suggests. So again, our answer to when is it tototen lav kayotze bahen is hatzinezek serorot hilcheta gemirela halachal Moshem Sinai that you're paying half and it's not considered a kenas, but it's nonetheless similar to regel in the respect that you're paying min ha'aliyah from your property as opposed to from the value of the animal, which means you'll have higher liabilities. Says Gemara, but that's not accepted by all. V'hami isn't this a question? Wasn't this an issue that Rava was uncertain about? After all, Rava had the question, when you pay half of the damage with regards to the flung pebbles, do you pay from the, so to speak, body of the animal and no more than the value, even though it damaged $100,000, it's only worth Five hundred dollars. You're not paying more than that, or min ha'aliyah from your property, even the highest quality of your land. Meaning you're going to end up paying half of the full value of what you damaged, provided that you have the money. And says so Gemara, that was a question for Rava. Answers the Gemara, le Rava mi ba'ayale, le Rav Papa peshitale. Rava may have had a question about this issue, but Rav Papa did not. And therefore, says the Gemara, with regards to regel and hatinezik serorot, whereas Rava was uncertain how you end up paying it, does it share the quality in that, so the characteristic in that respect of keren or of regel with regards to how you pay it? For Rav Papa, there was no question. It's a toledav regel. Therefore, it's Mishalim in Ha'aliyah. She cited the Pasuk, Metav Sadeu, but nonetheless paying half. Says the Gemara, According to Rava, who was uncertain how in Hatzinezek Serorot, in the half liability of flinging the pebble, you're going to pay. So then why is it considered regal at all? In other words, you're paying half, I understand. So it's similar in that respect to Keren. It's not so much like regal. No, but it's like regal, you'll say, because it's paying min ha'aliyah. But according to Rava, you don't know that it's paying min ha'aliyah. So maybe it's entirely like keren. And if that's the case, it's todoten kayosebahen. Answers the Gemara, even according to Rava, hatzinezek serorot is considered like regal, toledav regal, lefotra bereshut harabim. It exempts you. You are not liable to pay if the damage was done bereshut harabim, which means to say when it comes to Keren, as opposed to Regel, even if you're in, well, specifically when you're in Rishut Tarabim, if your animal um, gores another, you're obligated to pay for it. 
That's in contrast to regel. If regel, which is normal trampling of the feet or body of the animal, in such a circumstance, if it's bereshut tarabim in a public area, you're not liable. It's only when you go into sadeh acher, the pasuk says in the Torah. And so therefore, in this situation of hatzinezek serorot, if it took place in a tarabim, if it took place in the public thoroughfare, and uh, your animal is going there and it's, it flings the pebbles and damages another, the halakha is that it's patur. Why should be patur because we're learning that this is a toleda of regel and since it's a toleda of regel and the halakha of regel is that it's patur it's exempt in Rashut Rabbim this halakha is relevant over here as well so to summarize the Gemara then arrived at the uh, answer to its question for the last daf or so and that was when they are toldoten lav kayotze bahen which lav papa said sometimes the subcategory is not identical in terms of its obligation to the category. The answer is in one case, Hatzinezek Serorot, the flinging of pebbles. It's similar to Regel with regards to either the, the matter that you're going to consider it um, like Regel that you're paying Min Ha'aliyah as opposed to Migufo, words we explained already, or alternatively, according to Rava, that your patur, your exempt bereshut tarabim. Tosafot does wonder on the right hand side, lefotro bereshut tarabim. Tosafot says this is hard to understand. Rava didn't know whether, with regards to hatzinezek serorot, it has the higher liability than keren with regards to paying minha aliyah and not migufo, paying from your property externally or specifically from the value of the animal. But with regards to paying from or not paying in Rashut Rabim, that matter was resolved to him. Why was he more certain about one than the other with regards to the Halakhav Hatzinezek Serorot? Now, you might just answer, it was tradition of Rava. His rabbis taught him one, they didn't teach him the other one. Tosafot is not comfortable answering that. Says Tosafot on the right-hand side, Lefotro Bereshut Rabim Vim Tomar Amai Peshita Letefe Mileshalem Ha'aliyah. Why is it more simple to Rava that with regards to Hatzinezek Serorot, you're exempt, you're patur bereshut in the public area, as opposed to leshalim and ha'aliyah, paying from your property, that one he was miba'ayah ba'ele, he was uncertain about it. V'yesh lo mar kevan de min hadin hayam meshalem nezek shalem, ve'ateh hilcheta de lo meshalem lahatzinezek, imken ateh hilcheta lehakel velo lehachmir. Tosafot suggests the reason Rava was more certain about this law as opposed to the other is because he took in the scenery. He said, listen, Regel is supposed to be Nezek Shalem. You're supposed to pay full amount. Hatsi Nezek Serorot, the fact that when it flings the pebbles, you're paying less, you're paying half, means that the Halachal Moshe Misinai, our tradition, is teaching us that this case, for one reason or another, which we haven't defined yet, maybe will later on, but haven't defined yet why, is different. In what way is it different? Oh, it's more lenient. It's lehakel. Instead of paying the full amount, nezek shalem, you're paying chatzin nezek. Says Rava, it stands to reason then that the other halachot of regel, which are leniencies, will be applicable to this, as opposed to stringencies. Which one's leniency? Which one's stringency? The leniency, the kula, is that it's patur bershut arabim, that you're not that you're not liable when you did it in a public area. Says Rava, chatzin nezek serorot, which is lower level regel, is going to have the kula of 
regel as well, already we understand it's more lenient, it's going to have that leniency as well. As opposed to the stringency, the humra of regel, that it's meshalem in ha'aliyah, that it's not like keren, which pays migufo from the body of the animal and nothing more. Oh, on that one, Ravah is uncertain. That doesn't match the nature of the case. In other words, what Tosafot suggests is that the halachal Moshe Messinai revealed to Ravah the concept that when it comes to hatzinez exerorot, this flinging of the pebbles, we treat it in a more lenient way. Therefore, he was comfortable and clear that it's patur b'rshut harabim, but was not so certain with regards to whether it's mishalem min ha'aliyah or not. Baruch Adonai le'olam. Amen ve'amen.